Hi, and welcome to another episode of Pasha. My name is Ogechi Ekeanyao. Thanks for joining us. Today, we look at the protests in Nigeria that have now turned bloody. Anti-police brutality protesters say officers of the Nigerian army opened fire at them in a bid to quell agitations to end police brutality under the moniker NSAS. SARS is a special anti-robbery squad unit of the Nigerian police that was recently dissolved by the Inspector General of Police. Subsequently, he announced the creation of the Special Weapons and Tactics Team as a replacement. Joining us is Larry Kutiejo, a senior lecturer in the Department of Sociology and Anthropology at the Obafemi Awolowo University in Ilefe, Nigeria. He starts by discussing whether the replacement addresses the depth of the problem that NSAS agitation seeks to address. I don't think the replacement itself would address the problem ordinarily. The replacement belies the sincerity behind the disbandment. Uh, do not forget that the call for disbandment or the solution of SARS uh, is not the first, it's not, it's not new. The unit has been disbanded for about four times now. I mean, proud to when the IG made that pronouncement. Uh, if I can recall very well, the initial ones began in 2016, 17, 18, 19, even the incumbent IG <laughs> partook in the disbandment. So coming up after 48 hours to say that um, you are replacing and of course with the name, same set of people that are coming that are going to be sourced from the Nigerian police, of course sends the wrong signal. So I, I don't think the uh, replacement as, as, as it has been done uh, currently uh, will suffice. I think what the IG needed to do was to study the complaints as well as the other gaps in the operations of the defunct SACS units. Set up an investigative panel to investigate the allegations you know, of, uh, of, of people who have been complaining with a view to punishing culpable operatives. And of course, don't forget that uh, SARS is not just about bad news. There are some achievements attributable to SARS. So I think this is an opportunity, this is like a judgment day, reward those who have been hardworking, who have been diligent, who have been disciplined, and then punish those who are culpable. And of course, suggest way forward in conjunction with major stakeholders to ensure that the police is accountable. And of course, the new proposed SWAT uh, will look for ways by which we can make it uh, more effective, accountable, and transparent. What should happen to the officers of the dissolved Special Anti-Robbery Squad Unit? The officers that have done well should be rewarded, while the officers that have brought uh, this reputation to the force, corporate officers, uh, should be disciplined in line with the uh, stipulations of um, the Police Act. So I think this is a time to, for stock taking. Uh, this is a time to uh, look at the activities of SARS for over how many years now, since 1992, and take record of those who have performed creditably uh, and reward them, while those who have used the outfit for their selfish benefits should be made to face the music. Uh, I'm sure, I'm sure you agree with me, there are still some 
amazing policemen out there who uh, are doing this work not out not out of uh, what to eat but out of love to their fatherland so i think we shouldn't throw the, away the baby with the bait water the inspector general of the police says the special weapons and tactics team officers will undergo a psychological and medical evaluation and would be trained and posted to all state commands to operate only on intelligence-driven operation. Is this realistic? But my only fear and concern is that the new members of the proposed SWAT will be taken from extant uh, police officers, uh, members of the Nigerian police force. And these same members of the Nigerian force are, are faced with similar socioeconomic and cultural baggage, just like the disbanded SARS. Hence, uh, they have the equal tendency to misbehave. And don't forget that the Nigerian police is <laughs> reputable, <laughs> I know, I don't want to say notorious, uh, for corruption. So well, it's not as if the new members of SWAT will be angels. So I would then add that it's not enough to conduct psychological and medical evaluation. Rather, I think the evaluation should be more holistic, uh, one that will take into consideration the socioeconomic context, issues of welfare, issues of um, you know, motivation, issues of promotion, issues that will ensure that the new members of SWAT are given adequate uh, motivation to do the work well. So I think the, the recruitment process the training and retraining process, the motivation process, as well as the discipline process, should be well spelled out. And of course, like I said earlier, uh, this should be done in line uh, with you know, conjunction with uh, members of the civil society organizations, members of human rights groups, and of course, uh, the human rights decks of the police should be uh, empowered to function more. What policing strategies should Nigeria be adopting to deal with the endemic violence in the police force as well as the society? Policing all over the world are imbibing the principles of community policing, which of course entails that members of the public are not just pawns in the game of policing. Members of the public are actually major stakeholders and members of the police force take cognizance of this fact and ensure that members of the community are carried along. Policing is almost impossible without cooperation from the members of the public. So, community policing will ensure that members of the public are carried along. Armed robbers are from the community. Criminals are from the community. Members of the police are from the community. They are like masquerade and they will return to the community. When the masquerade takes off the uh, the costume, so when they retire, they come back from the community. So they must know that from the community they, they, they came and from the community they will return. So therefore, they should work in tandem with community members, ensure that they are accountable to community members, ensure that their operations are transparent, ensure that uh, they have um, uh, you know mechanisms to help members of citizens report uh, violations of human rights. And of course, these reports are followed up. These reports are not just thrown into the dustbin, but these reports are followed up. And of course, members of the public get feedback 
about these reports. Police should be well funded, not where you go and lodge a complaint. The police will tell you, please, we don't have well in our car except to give us money, or you make you have to give money before you make statement. No, policing should be more of a service. You know, policing should be more of um, accountability. It's a privilege to be a police officer, and of course, you must know that a lot of expectations from you and you must be able to live up to this expectation. Of course, they are not angels, they are human beings with their inherent uh, flaws, but then that's what makes them higher, a bit better, you know, than an average uh, criminal. Human rights should be the bedrock of policing. When you are carrying out arrests, you must take into consideration that uh, the suspect or uh, the person you are arresting is still a suspect, should not be treated like a criminal. Uh, the law guarantees that any suspect remains one until that person is proven guilty by a competent court. Time will tell whether the new force will be any different. Thanks for tuning in to this episode produced by Ogechi Ekianyao and Ozea Patel. From me, it's bye for now.